0: And hey there, hi there, ho there, and a gracious good Saturday morning to you. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour podcast, where we discuss the joy and excitement of UofL women's athletics. Uh, Not a whole lot of action going on right now as far as team sports on campus. There are a few camps going on. We've had some fall stars do some good things in other venues besides UofL athletics And we've also had some uh, interesting things happen in other aspects, but we're here to cover all with it. We'll get it to you. Let's go ahead and introduce our crew today. Case is not with us, uh, having obligations that he had to do and would not be available for Saturday, but we do have a cast of four in here with me, Polly, and we have Jeff, also Jared and Daryl on board to do the discussing. So let's... uh, Let's go ahead and start it out with Daryl. How, how has your week been so far? What's going on with you, girl?
1: Pretty good. Glad the temperatures are out of the 100 range. <laughs> but uh got myself a tea time this afternoon and just looking forward to being off from the bets.
0: I would imagine you'll get a lot of roll out of the fairways today. Yeah, because it's pretty dry out there, Daryl.
1: I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, So yeah. You know. <laughs>
0: Keep it down the middle. Keep it out of the deep stuff. Iroquois right, well, again we for you?
1: Um, actually, going over the bridge, um, Valley View, uh, it's one of these things. I have, like, a golf card that you have, like, pretty nice golf courses on there, like nine of them, and this is one on the list. And, uh, yeah, so going to head over there and have some dinner this evening.
0: Back in the days when I played, I never did play Valley View, but I've heard it's a really tough course.
1: So, yeah, I liked it last time we went, so I'm looking forward to it.
0: Have some fun with it. Keep it out of the deep stuff. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> Jared was actually golfing the other night, but it wasn't the type of regular <laughs> golf that we all know. He was out there practicing his putting game. And, but, but Jared, So I understand you broke the course record out there or something?
2: <laughs> Not even close, I don't think. A few holes in ones here and there, but that, I, we'll call that luck. But, yeah, it's been a nice... Break from a lot of photography stuff. You know, last Saturday we talked about I was going to the zoo, and then kind of last minute we were offered some free tickets to the Bats game the same day. Got to see them walk it off in the tent. You know, took some time, went and saw a movie, tried out a, a local restaurant Katie and I hadn't been to during the week. Went out to a little mini golf there at uh, out in Fern Creek, the one that you mentioned you had helped construct back in '74. So it's been a nice, uh, I don't want to really call it vacation in terms of evenings and weekend work but yeah t- just kind of taking more like personal time to relax and focus on mental health
0: yeah actually the uh, the putt-putt out there in Fern Creek was huge news when they announced that they were going to build one back out there in the spring of 74 uh, a buddy of mine went up there and asked if we could be laborers with the crew that came in we'd seen a little ad saying that they needed them help in construction. They looked at us and said, yeah, you'll do. And then that ensued the three months of human abuse. We did everything. We poured concrete. We hauled concrete in wheelbarrows. We spread concrete. We laid down rails. We put felt down. While the construction crew gave us instructions and yelled at us if we did it wrong. But anyway, we got it built, and it's still a nice course today. Uh, and George, just to kill the rumors on that, I don't think they are closing. No, they've... Uh, there's a nice gentleman that we talked to there, and he was
2: talking about they're going to be celebrating their 50th anniversary next year. Uh, so, the way he talked, there was nothing that indicated the golf course is going to be closing at
0: any point soon. Although, I think
2: their arcade may need a makeover.
0: I know they've got a lot of old... They used to have a lot of older games in there.
2: I yeah, know. none of them seem to be working when we... Not that we were going to play the arcade games, but none of them seemed to be working when we did go in.
0: The, the arcade thing was kind of a newer development, too, over the last 10 years or so, because it wasn't there when I helped build the Fern Creek course. But Jeff McAdams in the house as well. Jeff is having some, some issues due to a headset that he's not totally used to and, and, and other things going on. But he is with us here, although he said he was going to stay on mute for most of the broadcast. Jeffrey, or can you hear us? are you with us?
3: Yeah, I can hear you. I just I'm, I'm trying to stay on mute because I'm my audio is coming out the speakers of my laptop rather than the headset that I have because of compatibility reasons. So I don't I'm, I don't want it feeding back into the microphone and causing an echo or something. but uh, yeah, doing doing all right this week. Uh, my normal headset that I use is uh, down at my brother's house because I was house sitting there all week uh, and I was using that for work. Uh, and forgot to bring it back out to my house to do the show with me. So, yeah, without my normal headset. Uh, yeah, other than that, it was a good week uh, at work. Um, it was uh, nice to reminisce about being the three putt-putt courses oh so many times in my childhood. So that was a lot of fun. Thanks thanks for bringing that up, Jared. I appreciate it. So, yeah.
0: Also fed Found, had found and had and heard this but the daughter of the man who authorized the course to be built and, and basically contracted everybody to come in is still the uh the operating manager owner up there after all these years uh very cool back wow. when i was there uh her husband was the one who was actually doing that but uh, things didn't work out so well between those two and he kind of uh, left the marriage and left the city, and she took it over. And I understand she's run it ever since. Uh, my putting days and, and are pretty much over. I don't get up there and again. But I know Jared has thrown out a challenge. to The Cardinal Couple Crew.
2: Yeah, I think it'd be a nice little Cardinal Couple outing to all of us hit up there and play some time
0: to see who's the best <laughs> putter. And, I, and I'm going to recommend that we actually start the afternoon earlier at checks and everybody drink until they cannot walk (laughs) and then we'll have cabs take us over that's gonna make it a true challenge right there
1: they say you drive for show and putt for dough
0: (laughs) there you go we'll have to keep jeff out of the water hazards i'm sure
1: Jared, Girl, cool off I'm beers, you. ends up driving <laughs> on the putting green.
0: Jared, Jared brings a Cushman golf cart. <laughs> hey, I'm We're going four. I'm always too worried. I'm going to hit one little hard and it goes rolling out on
2: the Bartstown Road.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that, that'd, that'd be a heck of a putt. Although, uh, I did work in the clubhouse up there for about a year. And one night, a couple of fellows who were obviously under the influence of of grain spirits came in And one guy tried to tee off with his putter and try to knock one across March road. That
1: sounds kind of funny. I might, I might consider that today.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know,
2: now they charge you $2 if you lose your ball.
0: Yeah. I I guess it
2: keeps people from purposely trying to, Hit them over there across town
0: road and nah. whatnot is it still the four four colored ball system there yeah you got the red and yellow and the then the green and blue okay that's
2: uh, so blue a hole right in one there. when the oh no I did uh while well, my buddy Jason did red, and then Katie did yellow, so none of us did blue. But then yeah. you hit your hole-in-one, and they trade you out for an orange ball, so you can't win multiple prizes. That's
0: right. They do do that. Uh, and We did that back in the day when I was up in the clubhouse up there. Uh, so.
1: so if you get multiple hole-in-ones, you cannot be rewarded?
0: If you get you can one. Only...
2: You're, so you're if done. you hit a hole-in-one uh, in your, I guess, your first round on that course – they give you a little, it's like a scratch off ticket. Mm-hmm. It's almost like you're playing a lottery scratch off. And if you get three of whatever, you can win like a free game or discounted game or drink or snack or all sorts of different stuff. It's kind of neat.
1: Is it's this a good to way keep, to,
2: this it's is a good keep, incentive.
1: This is to keep the professionals off the course or something?
2: I guess there's a, a few holes that are fairly easy to get a hole in one or if you get a lucky bounce. So I guess they don't want people to get six or seven hole-in-ones or lie about it because they don't really monitor all that closely and keep you from cashing in a bunch of free games.
0: The way that Hmm. we used to do it back in the day was that we would make an announcement over the intercom that the next person to get a hole-in-one with a blue-colored ball or a yellow-colored ball gets a three-games pass. To play the course next time and it was now you're
1: making stuff up polly
0: it was hilarious to watch some of these people run up there after getting a hole in one with let's say the blue ball uh, <laughs> ladies who were obviously had seen better days weight wise charging across a putt-putt course like a mad rhino to claim a free <laughs> game pass people and, love uh,
1: free stuff
0: oh absolutely so people get in into fisticuffs outside the booth Because they claimed they had got there first, and the other one claimed that they had got there first. So it was yeah, it was. – I'm glad they've changed the system up a little bit.
2: Yeah, this guy was a a little
0: bit nicer,
2: uh, where multiple people had kind of come up in the same time, same color, but always letting it go. Because I got up there right at the same time as a little girl, and I wasn't going to go and knock her over so I could cash in for a free game. (laughs) Which which would have been funny, though. But he was like, no, I'm going to go on and give both of you all your, your tickets.
0: I did that a few times too. Jared body slams a seven-year-old to get a free game. That would work, wouldn't it? Yeah.
1: It sounds like people at the bats game when they get a foul ball or one of those um, squishy balls, you know, when they throw those out to the fans.
2: Oh, yeah. People have no fighting over it.
1: Anything <laughs> for free.
0: <laughs> we are a, co- a community, I think, that does like to receive free stuff. Indeed, we we got some. Uh, for your scheduling and Twitter information we can give you today, we're not going to charge you for that. You don't even have to rush across the room to get it. Jared Anderson is going to provide us with that scheduling and Twitter info right now. So take it away, big guy.
2: Yeah, I've been studying the schedule all week just to get it memorized. Uh, for for this week's schedule, we have a bunch of nothing. So was an easy one to memorize if only school had been the same way for me. Uh, but moving on to Twitter, we've got uh, Case, who's out, and he tweets out his best case scenario. There's no E in the word best for that. I think it's a character limit issue on Twitter. Uh, Daryl, who is with us again, is Daryl Faust4, and that's the number four. You're not spelling out four for that Twitter account. Jeff, who's going to be fairly quiet for us today, is Jeff McAdams4. No, it's sorry, it's at Jeff McAdams, and then his other one is at Card Couple Radio. Uh, so, slightly different than Polly's, which is Cardinal Couple. I always got to make sure I clarify the difference when I'm explaining that to players' parents throughout the season so they know which is which. And then I tweet out as at Mr. Anderson Jared. Uh, so, not much happening with most of our Twitter accounts right now either, but those will really start getting active again here in about the month, a month or so.
1: I'm thinking about changing the end of mine to F O R E.
2: <laughs> Ooh, girls Darryl, to Darryl, become Darryl's a golfer.
1: Darryl.
0: <laughs> is that an indication of how your game is lately or i mean, just actually
1: uh, no i've been beating the boys
0: there you go well if you can keep it down the middle and you put well you're doing good right
1: yep as long as it's less than eight i'm happy
0: on a par three that would be you know not not too bad right?
1: <laughs> hmm. yeah i stopped counting after
0: eight after eight you just pick it up it's Yep. Or as we used to say, uh, if you hit one too deep in the woods, a buddy of mine used to call that a Fido ball. And I said, why? Because you have to send the dogs after it? He said, no, it's a Fido ball. Forget it. Drive on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: You can substitute another F word in there if you want instead of forget it, but, uh, <laughs> which he did. I like that better. Yeah. that's a, He says, Fido ball. Okay, let's go. Throw one out next to mine, okay? That'll work.
1: <laughs> I'll have to use that. Yeah,
0: I'm sure you'll get some looks at first, but once it, you know, explain it, everybody will be into it. Probably, it'll get reused a lot, Daryl. Uh, and, and I'm kind of sad to say we don't have English as a second language translation today, because Jeff could join us that way. You know, you type in comments. You know, like, I like this show. You Americans are so funny. Or.
3: I can, think, I can still type in comments, but I'm just trying to keep the audio quality as good as possible here. So
0: Jeff with his hands full, keeping us clear and distinct audio-wise, but that'll work. But let's go ahead and get into the meat and bones of the show here. We'll kind of start out with a, an article that Daryl wrote on Friday about women in sports. Certainly, since we are a website and a podcast that concentrates on Louisville women in sports at the University of Louisville. I think it's a very apropos and very, very cognizant article for us to take off talking about today on this. Uh, you know, Darryl, there, there's been for a long time a kind of a glass ceiling for women's sports, except for maybe basketball, in my opinion, okay? where maybe the women's soccer team doesn't get as much recognition as the men's soccer team where field hockey probably doesn't get as much recognition as something that the guys are doing in the fall. Uh, is it changing? Is this turning around any, are we seeing more?
1: I think so. I think you still have your people out there who are like, Oh, people just don't care about women's sports and, and saying comments like that. Um, kind of creates that glass ceiling and, and stops those conversations. And, and it just, it really bothers me when they say that because it doesn't have to be that way. Um, like I posted in there that I've got my, my boyfriend who's wearing his WNBA jerseys and he even is telling his friends, like, I think I have more uh, WNBA jerseys now than, than NBA jerseys and opens those conversations to, to, to talk about women's sports and what those women are doing in their respective leagues and uh, teams. And I had another conversation with a friend of mine after posting something on Instagram um, about the Brittany Griner situation, just because it seems like her being captured in a foreign country is, and, and in my opinion, a terrible reason, is not getting the attention and the concern that it would if it was lebron james or or tom brady being stuck over there so we still have a long ways to go but we're we're moving forward for a few reasons i think that the way we look at women uh the way we look at women athletes and what they do on the court is improving for example um i talked about dana evans and emily angster like these two women could not be any more different, but they share a lot of similarities. For example, uh, just we we've always talked about the way Dana Evans presents herself on the court. She's glammed out. She's got the the prettiest new hair this week, or her eyelashes and her nails are done, and she's very feminine on the court. But uh, it, we, when you look at her, but the way she plays is is hard is hardcore and she's very competitive and she gives it all she she's got and these are uh, characteristics that some people will say that aren't um feminine and it just depends on how you look at it and then you have Emily Angsler who's kind of masculine in the way she looks and uh, the way she plays the game is just a little different um but it's not bad um then you have your your heterosexual women or your homosexual women and it's just all these different facets that you can look at and it's just everybody's different and women are no less different than um men performing on the field we, we we're competitive we are um a team player we are um can be masculine but can be feminine it's just the way society defines those two words and what they think women should fit in a mold. And it's just, we have people that are breaking those molds and we just got to keep improving on it every year. And like I said about Brittany Griner, we just need to pay attention to her as much as we would uh, Tom Brady if they were captured in another country. So I just think that it just means a lot to me that you all dedicate this entire site and a lot of your um, your time to covering women because it's not, it's not there for everybody. And, uh, U of L is very special in that way. I'm sure a lot of programs out there don't get the attention that I don't have a weekly show that you dedicate to just the women topics. Uh, they don't have a, a daily post that covers every single female sport. And we're trying here in Louisville to get that, um, that attention and that dedication up as a fan base. And I think it is, it is getting there. Women's basketball is obviously leading that charge because of how successful they are. Um, And Jeff Walls has talked about it before that he prefers the women's side of the game. And I think there's a few reasons for that. Uh, One being that he gets to spend time with women for four years. They typically, these girls come into the program and they stay all four years because they don't have the option to go play professionally after one season. And that means a lot to a coach. And it's just, a, it's totally different. The men's side of the game, they've, they've obviously been playing for decades longer than women and women are still shattering the ceilings and breaking new records. And, you know, there's the conversation of trans women um, pr- competing against uh, biologically born women, so it's just all kinds of uh, realms that we can discuss about advancing women in in the sports. And in turn, the,
0: yeah. the aspect of the NIL. It's been with us now, I think a year, maybe. How much has that changed? Thing, I'll just open this up to everybody here on the broadcast. Uh, has the nil done as far as turning things around for college athletics well and, uh, i want to
1: talk about that as well because i didn't really get into it on the on the um post because there's i just have so many thoughts on it but jared has mentioned it before i can't remember the girl's name but she's a gymnast in lsu who has what the most um
3: oh uh
1: libby like, did she have the most followers or the biggest deal? Something like that.
2: I forget. She's somewhere up there. And I, at this point, I can't remember either. And I know for women's basketball, we, we've obviously seen uh, Haley Van Lith and
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, Paige Beckers. And then you've got the, who just transferred to Miami, you got the Cavender Twins. Uh, yeah. So I think we'll actually see them in uh, in person when they come to the UMS this year. But yes, yeah, there is a lot of women's athletes that are being able to actually make something of this NIL deal, which is fantastic.
1: So I want to say about that is it's it's sad, but I feel like a, the majority of the reason that they have so many followers is because of the way they look. They fit those molds of what is attractive, and for some terrible reason there are people that will only follow these women because of their attractiveness. They deem them to be enjoyable to look at um it could be that they're also awesome on the court um but they they just get looked at because they fit that mold and you know it's it doesn't it it means we're not where we need to be entirely but i do think that the women overall probably get more um deals on the internet or uh, on their from their social accounts because of the way they look
0: and also a very good point that you made up or not made up but but put out there daryl that i want to kind of emphasize as well women athlete athletes are dedicating just as many hours and years of their lives to perfect and improve upon their sport to make that cardinal bird mean something when they go out there into competitive competition against uh, let's see, a, a school from the, the Big Ten or an in-state rival or something like that. Uh, you know, it's, to me, very, very encouraging to see these girls get credit for what they are doing. Because when we talk about how long so-and-so is trained for football or so-and-so is trained for men's basketball, and let me guarantee you, players like Marissa Russell or let's go to Taylor Roby or any of the others that we have out there on the women's side, are working just as hard and just as long and just as dedicated toward their craft as well.
1: And another thing is, is women, like just the, the daily, okay, it might not be a daily struggle, but they have to consider the, the option of they could possibly get pregnant. If they get pregnant, a lot of this could stop for them. If men get somebody pregnant, that's not going to affect their ability to perform. So women have to put an extra effort to keep that from happening if they want to keep playing. And I'm not sure a lot of people really think of that.
0: Uh, an aspect that I had uh, considered a little bit, but didn't really think about it, bringing it into this combination. But yeah, that is one of the major differences right there, too. I Man, a, a girl could show up and say, hey, I can't play the rest of the season. I'm three months, you know, in, mm-hmm. in pregnancy here. And A guy comes in and says, I can't play for three months. I've got an ACL. Yeah. Okay, well, we can get that healed. We can get you on a training path. We can get you back to where you might be able to come back faster. On a woman's case, <laughs> no, I don't think so. And the only other option is me, of course, having that aborted from her body, which is now a subject of another debate here in the United States and Something I'm not going to get into at all. The thing is that uh, what I was trying to get across in in the main point is women work just as hard as men in their practice and their preparation for games. Uh, And they do it for considerably less audience than the guys get. And that's a sad travesty.
1: Yeah, and I hope it's not always for the audience. Um, I think that in some realms, it's going to start becoming more that way because of the NIL um so unfortunately that team down the road with a lot of fans um players are going to go there because there is so many and they're going to use that to their advantage but I think that the the whole idea of sports in America is to build certain characteristics in in our society um work um trying your best if you fall down get back up all these certain little characteristics that's why we play the game yes we like winning um beating the other team we like when our record shows that we're undefeated but there are um more less obvious reasons that we play
0: Haley van lith has been a all-star as far as getting nil recognition and and endorsements and such jeff and it it i think it makes a lot of sense because she came in so ballyhooed and she hasn't really done anything to diminish that has she?
3: no uh you know but i have to i have to go back to what daryl talked about too with you know appearance uh you know that is a thing here you know Haley van Liff is she's a fine very very great basketball player i absolutely love watching her play the game she's blonde hair and blue eyed right and that appearance thing is again she came in maybe she came in ballyhooed largely because she had that appearance and it drew a lot of people's attention to that i you know she has capitalized on that very well both by being a very very good player that has been an incredible value uh to uvo women's basketball as a team Um, but also, you know, parlayed that in, on social media as well, very well. So, uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. She's come in, she has played extremely well. She has, uh, she has, she's, she's worked it. Right. I mean, borrow from Mary J. Blige, you know, work it right. And she's worked it in, in the social media. She's worked on the court. She's worked in the practice gym. Um, full credit to her and and you know go get it you know i wish her the best and in all those different aspects
1: and don't forget she was endorsed by a world famous man uh kobe bryant posting about Haley van lyft got her so many more followers and i i've actually looked at the posts before from him um in the comment section of of people saying who is this girl and blah 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 and You know, she's cute and stuff like that. So she picked up a whole lot of followers because she was um, showcased by a man.
0: Well, that that being the case, that being said, no. What makes, Jared, in your opinion, what made her decide to come to Louisville? We're not exactly the largest market and out there for college basketball. We're not the biggest major city that has a college basketball for women's team in it? Why Louisville?
2: Um, I think it's always a question you have to ask, not with just Haley, but every player ever, because for each player it's going to be different. For Haley, it may have been just seeing a team that isn't known uh, as much yet, like UConn, Tennessee, South Carolina, where they've all pretty well established themselves, but you have another team that's almost sneakily good uh, and can really go far and and make noise in the tournament, which we've seen year after year. And to be a part of the program that also just helps build such a positive atmosphere and environment and uh, will help prepare you for the professional level once you do graduate, which we've seen plenty of L players go pro and play in the WNBA or go somewhere and perform internationally. Uh, And I think that's probably where we see a lot of it with Haley's commitment here.
0: I think, daryl I can also tell you this that to be in the KFCM Center, let's say on a Sunday afternoon or a Thursday night, with ten thousand screaming crazy fans, the entire light show, the entire production, the players themselves is I've seen it cause deer in the headlight looks in opposing players more than once. When they see this crowd break out and they see the introductions and they see the people going absolutely bonkers over the cardinal women's basketball players I think that's got a lot to do and probably recruiting as well
1: oh yeah and i remember her saying something of the like of why she did pick global just like the community or um the players that were already there so you got to think of who was hosting her when she visited campus um Back in, let's say, 2018, 2019, I want to say. Um, so, you know, all of that. And and don't forget, Paul, the people that are in the press room, the people that are standing outside and, and waiting to ask her questions. I mean, you're one of them. Uh, people get in lines to to ask these girls questions and, and put them on their sites. And so that means a lot um, when it comes to I mean, I don't think like back in the day that they realized that NIL would be in their future, but just the exposure itself. And like you said, the the 10,000 people in the stands really helps motivate them to put that jersey on to, to play well and, and get that team to a Final Four and possibly a championship. So I, I really think that I, I can't tell you all enough that I think that Jared on the sideline getting these picks or, or Jeff, leading the cards chant in the stands is is a huge reason they pick L. It really is.
0: I'll never forget the first time that I met her. It was at a home game and she was not here yet, but it was visiting. Sony was there with me and I I just said, let's go over there and see if we can get our picture taken with her and her dad, Sonya. (laughs) And uh, so we walked over and I think Jared took the picture, if I remember correctly. And, uh, we're all four standing there and her dad was kind of like and you all are i said well i'm paul and this is sonny we're with the cardinal cup on it. his eyes immediately kind of lit up because that's a great website i look at that once or twice a week awesome and that right there kind of said to me bang wow we are making a difference we've got somebody in the state of washington reading us now how about that <laughs> but
1: yes that's awesome
0: they were so. Um, they were yeah. It's so great just in the fact that uh, she was just like, yeah, it's a great website. I really love this place. Yeah,
1: and, and, and the, the pictures, just... Jared. The the pictures. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned it that the the parents that don't get to come to every home game, they're looking for that content of their kids playing, and the girls or the the athletes themselves want stuff to post on their socials. So I'm sure you you've got yeah. parents following you, and future recruits following you, just looking to get those uh memories
2: oh yeah i've had parents on numerous occasions reach out to me via social media and just thank me for the pictures and that many of them have used them in different like graduation cards and books and and everything else just because sometimes that's the only pictures they ever get because you don't get a lot of coverage at these women's sports
3: and i've talked with uh you know we talk about you know the representation matters that phrase you know uh gets used a lot and it's and it is absolutely true and this is what we're all talking about some of the coverage gets people out there that becomes representation that becomes uh, awareness and and in in the visibility of public life and okay we're part of that so we can pat ourselves a little bit on the back there but it's it's you know it's it's overall a great thing but uh, you know I, I remember talking with some of the volleyball players just a couple of years ago uh, and they were talking about with the, with COVID how they missed doing the autograph uh, stuff at the end of the matches, uh, which they're, I think they're now back to doing. But um, they they missed that for a year. And and, and some of the players were talking about. They said, "Yeah, we would see some of these young girls, you know, preteen girls. Usually, they would come through the line and get a poster and get it signed every week at every match that they did that." And so it's not about getting the autograph. It's about getting a few minutes with some of these players and being able to talk to them and be able to interact with them and to see that, um, to, to see that representation. Uh, so it, it, yeah, Daryl, you talked about you know we do this and we're trying to improve the sport and we're trying to improve this, but it ultimately is all about improving our society as well. And, and I, I don't want to miss that aspect of this. I think that's really important
1: and women movie. and these girls can see themselves um being that in their future
3: right and i i don't know if you remember back uh in the fall uh, i think it was when Caudle got a picture i think i'm pronouncing his last name right i'm not sure of that yes. um uh, got a picture of the towel girl and it happens to be sarah petkovic's daughter but uh sitting on the sidelines watching uh, Anna De Beer take a big swing on a ball, right? He got it from across the arena and caught Anna and it has um, Sarah's daughter, and I don't know her name unfortunately, uh, in focus and Anna is out of focus uh, on the swing. And mm-hmm. it just was such a, a powerful picture, I thought, of this preteen girl looking up to this U of a volleyball player and emphasizing on the impact that that has on her obviously, Sarah's daughter has a lot of access to the team, uh, more so than typical preteen girls that are all about fans. But the idea is there, and I thought it was an incredibly, pop- I actually got a copy of it on my phone because I wanted to be able to, to pull it out on occasion and say, hey, this is really, uh, is you know, this is what it's about. Yeah. And I
0: have no doubt that Jared, even as we speak right now, is already fiercely at work Figuring out how he can get himself involved in a selfie with Anna DeBeer as she knocks one over the net at 8,000 miles per hour. With Jared kind of smiling and holding the camera right up next to her, jumping (laughs) as high as she is as she slams one over the net. I know I
2: I better be careful what angle I'm at there because I don't think I want to take a ball to the back of the head from Anna DeBeer. Oh, oh, yeah. If
0: if they block it and send it back over, that can knock you down, but. I better
2: throw my helmet and face mask on before I do that one.
0: Uh, Dress up like you're going to play a goalie and feel hoggy. That's all I can tell you.
1: (laughs) You Uh, know, while we're talking about it, I do have another thing to mention. Um, Just the coaches um, on the women's side of the game, that's obviously majority led by men. um, Just basketball. I'm thinking of just basketball right now. Led by men. You know, UofL is one of them. We have Coach Walls, um, another big one, UConn, Gino um but i think that there are athletes out there that say i want to be led by a woman so they go to south carolina or they go to stanford um i think i I do think about it often that there's just certain roles where um people think that they have to be led by a man but we're kind of breaking that with getting more women to coach in the men's side of the leagues. um thinking of NFL and NBA right now, but I'm just thinking overall, can you all see a female head coach leading a NCAA men's basketball team like that? We are so far away from that. And it's just a a very, I just think that there's a undertones of people who believe women can't lead men, uh, can't lead them successfully or they won't listen to her or, you know, just undertones like that. Uh, just thoughts on
3: that. One of the great trailblazers in, in that vein, and it's not, you know, NCAA men's basketball yet, mm-hmm. uh, but you look at Becky Hammond. Um, yeah. who's had some very major positions in the NBA, uh, uh, and is also, I think just took a head coaching job in the WNBA. Is that correct? Uh, I remember her last move, but you know, she's making some major inroads along those areas um you know you do see like you said the stanfords the notre dames the um the tennessees that where there are getting a lot of women into these head coaching ranks in the women's side and and yeah we'll get there on the men's side i think eventually it may take a while Mm -hmm. but uh, i think there's some inroads being made on it thankfully so um i do you know uh look at the volleyball in in the regional that we we hosted right at freedom hall Mm -hmm. if you remember Yep, that was the first time ever that all four teams at a volleyball regional were, were head coached by a woman.
1: That gave me chills when they, right. they mentioned that. That was, was
3: awesome. First time ever that had ever happened in the NCAA, and that's in volleyball, which is perceived as much more of a women's sport, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it, we're making progress, but it's it, it you yeah, know it's taken a while.
0: But it is getting there, and that's the main thing. And I can even take you. To an example here in our own hometown of Louisville, where Chancellor Dugan has done wonderful things at, at Bellarmine with the program out there. Now, I know we're a UFL sports show, but uh, she basically engineered and got that team to a Division One level. She's rebuilding that team to compete in Division One athletics. She's, you know, so full of energy and so full of things to do to make Bellarmine a national recognizable squad in d1 and uh, got a little feather in her cap when uh, jeff walls agreed to say hey yeah we'll go play at your place this year sure why not <laughs> their place being freedom hall of course where the cards used to be but still a nice kind of thing where you know louisville is actually a visitor in their own hometown that'll be a lot of fun to watch that
1: is going to be awesome
0: yeah and uh, we'll just see how they do with media on that You know, uh <laughs> I probably won't wear anything red. (laughs) (laughs) We'll work it through. Uh, So certainly I think uh, when when discussing this thing, anything that we can do to help promote women's sports here at Cardinal Couple, we're going to do it. And uh, we don't seek any recognition or any praise or anything for it. It's simply doing the right thing and doing the thing that interests us. And that's the main thing right there. Uh, Jared had wrote an article earlier this week as well about fall breakout stars. We're not talking about things falling down from the heavens and landing out in remote desert areas. No, no, no. We're talking about athletes on the University of Louisville women's fall sports teams. As Jared takes a step and takes a look to see who might be somebody stepping up in women's soccer and volleyball. And also in field hockey. So, uh, Jared, an interesting take on some of these. Uh, explain yourself on each sport here, sir. Let's go ahead and start maybe with women's soccer, where you've come out and said, "Hey, you all look out for Emma Hiscock."
2: Yeah, and just trying to go through and look at some of the teams coming up, and potentially some players that we could expect to step up and have a uh, bigger role than they've had in past years so as i'm not familiar with the incoming freshmen and incoming transfers and i don't know much about them or how well they may gel with the rest of the team i excluded the those players from uh uh, predictions and then those who have already established themselves and are well known and have performed well beyond expectations those players have also been excluded because you can already assume they're going to have another great year. So I kind of went with some other players that uh, ha- have a good chance to step up this year. And women's soccer, with the departure of so many players, you know, there's a lot of holes to fill, and it, it's giving a lot of these younger players that may, haven't, may have not seen as much playing time in the past like, a great opportunity to really prove themselves and become one of those big-time stars. Uh, I think Emma Hiscock, uh, just from watching her play last year, especially as the season progressed and she started picking up a little more playing time down the stretch. Uh, she, and her confidence started to build, but she looked fairly comfortable once you got up towards the box and scored some nice goals. If you go back and watch, she had uh, a couple that were just beautiful shots and one that she, uh, with some juke moves around a defender and a keeper to score, uh, I don't know what these players have been doing in the offseason or what she's done in the offseason, but I think she could be one that could really step up and be a crucial part for the offense for women's soccer. And then the the other one, and we've talked about her a few times before, is Anouk Denton, and she's gone off and she's played with the Great Britain National Team for uh, various levels at this point as well. As a freshman, she didn't see a ton of playing time last year. She's out there uh, as one of the key subs, but she wasn't heavily involved with much of the, the game. She's another one that I think is going to step up and help out a much-needed infield. She's not going to take the place of Sarah Hernandez or Macy Will, uh, williams and in, in the backfield yet as a center back until they graduate. Uh, so I think as her defensive position, it's going to be more of a defensive midfielder. And that's a, a place where I think last year we really lost the bat on some of these was the midfield where they struggled.
0: We'll take a look at volleyball and i'm going to kind of change the format here a little bit and uh jared has mentioned out there in his article that my Tillman is going to have a, a he expects her to have a big impact on the front line this year but let's go to jeff and daryl on this and are you in with jared on this jeff or is, uh, are you seeing maybe an impact player being someone else
3: I, I mean, predicting that Amaya Toman is going to have an impact in the front line is not going out on much of a limb. So. <laughs> it, it,
2: it was hard to actually pick for volleyball because so many players were already just well established right. and good that it, right. it's hard to be like, well, he may have not been in the spotlight as much, but it's still going to be an excellent star.
3: Yeah, and we basically have two positions where there's a real opening for that uh, in in the center role and uh, in, in the. The other middle blocking position, other than Amaya, Amaya has clearly got that one middle blocker role locked up. So um, as, as I think you correctly pointed out, there's a bit of a position battle available for the other middle blocker. Uh, you mentioned Kara Kressy uh, in six five six six, 6'6", however tall she is. Very very tall is all I can say, having stood next to her. Um, the other opportunity there is for Pegren Kong. Um, who looked very good in the spring. She's a little shorter. Uh, she's definitely athletic. She can jump well. Uh, maybe slightly better quality player, but doesn't have the height, uh, quite quite so much of the height. She's, not, she's 6'2", so she's not exactly short either. Um, so those are, those are possibilities there. Setters, man, that's ugh, it's such an open... that There's big-time position battle potential going on there. Raquel Lazaro is a transfer. Uh, She arrived on campus this week, uh, transferred from USC. She's been playing with with, uh, Spanish national team. She's Spanish, Um, so she's got a a pretty good shot at it. We've got a really good, uh, we've got a pretty good uh, freshman setter coming in, Uh, and then uh, there's the other USC transfer, which is weird. Uh, Ellie Glock uh, will be competing for it, and then uh, Paige Morningstar who. Redshirted with us last year, so you know there's a lot of possibilities there. I think the other positions in the rotation are kind of a rent and repeat of what happened last year.
0: Let me ask you this, Daryl: Goal was only major loss last year came to a team that had a front line of six, seven, six, eight, and six nine? Gosh! In, in Wisconsin, and yes, I'm talking about volleyball, not basketball. Volleyball. <laughs>
3: Women volleyball. Uh, at yes, that.
0: women's volleyball. Do the cards maybe need to start looking in the direction of getting some taller girls on campus? Uh what's your all thoughts on that?
1: I mean either that or like some sort of if they picked up a few inches in the off season, I don't know how they would do that. But uh yeah, you'd have to and, and you really you're going to have to if you're gonna beat these teams in the postseason. And I think that um coach is coach busman kelly's on her way to improve off of her success in recent years and in order to do that it's just the same with uh women's basketball that we've got to get that bigger girl underneath the basket and you got to get a bigger girl at the front line so um that's the only way you can beat the other team sometimes
0: it's an amazing six seven six eight and six nine there
1: I'm just thinking about like my license says five two you all everyone is yeah tall than me <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah dana redke thankfully graduated so that's
0: one of them gone
1: oh good good to hear
0: no. oh gee they're only down to two over six seven right. Right. Ah, golly and, the six, and one nine of them and, was a
2: true freshman last
3: year yeah that six nine player was that oh, yeah. header was a true freshman that's right
0: yeah it's like,
1: oh. she's just gonna get stronger
0: yeah and more experienced and better Yep. We'll go to field hockey, a fall sport where the cards, uh, I think, are another top four team, like volleyball is coming back in the season. Uh, maybe a few more departures from this field hockey roster than the other two sports we previously mentioned. But uh, J- Jared came up with a player that I hadn't really considered all that much. She'd been kind of out with an ACL injury, but Maddie Tabor uh defend yourself on this one jared
2: yeah i thought maddie looked good pre-acl tear which at this point i think has been almost two four years ago uh, so plenty of time to recover i know it it takes a long time to recover from an acl and a lot of times you never fully do but she had a really strong showing off the bench last year and even earned a starting role in a few matches but i think she's going to be a key factor with that offense she was constantly hanging around the goal and getting a good touch, good look last season. And I think another year to really strengthen the muscles around that leg and uh, kind of hit some of those workout plans and recovery plans. Just It's just gonna make her that much more agile and build up some strength down there. So I think she's gonna be a good key component of that offense, which honestly will probably be led by Katie Schneider again. I'm assuming Katie's returning Uh, because she led the team in scoring last year, and she's just a beast down low. But it was hard to, you know, have to skip past Katie Schneider, but I think she had established herself too much already to put her as a
0: breakout star for this year. Always have a good wingman. Always a good thing. Kind of looking at some other things, as we're we're getting close to noon here already uh we got some news on taylor roby news that we all kind of expected at the end of the season and then louisville for some reason has decided to put that out here now that taylor Roby will be back as a graduate player obviously the ace of the cardinals pitching staff last year uh a fairly good season i'm not going to call it a great season she was obviously the best pitcher we had on staff but. It was kind of an average team as far as competition success goes this year. Jeff, uh, it's obviously it's great to have Roby back. We can talk about this a little bit, but we need, I think, some other arms to go with her inside that circle.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and towards the end of the season, we were seeing a couple of younger players uh, getting some time there, um, and, and you could tell that they – still needed some development they still needed to to grow and develop as as players as pitchers um it certainly is wonderful to have Roby back uh not only for her activity inside the circle but also at the the plate um with you know just an incredible bat uh and and offensive capabilities there as well so uh it's great to have her back I'm, i'm sure this is just part of what we're gonna see from PR from the softball program just this year in general, they're probably going to highlight Taylor a lot, um, which sure, yeah, go for it. She's a great player. Uh, she's kind of the face of the team right now. So, uh, no problem with that whatsoever. Um, it was a little odd, though, that it was kind of let's make a big deal about her coming back. And all of us were like, yeah, I'll do that. So, um, okay. But uh, yeah, you know, it's good to see. Uh, it was good to get it, you know, confirmed again and uh it's, it's let's hope we can kind of add in some other arms around her uh in the, in the pitching circle and the pitching roster and stuff and
0: uh improve the year
3: hopefully if you hopefully have fewer injuries this year too that would help
0: uh, you know, daryl we've seen some teams that have been able to go very far with just one main pitcher i don't think louisville was one of those yet but What's your thoughts on that? How, how many pitchers does Holly April need in her, you know, her, her, her marble sack here to come out and have a great season?
1: Well, a couple of things about softball. Um, It's weird because I had like this ESP thing going on. Like I was thinking about Taylor Roby the day before she announced that she was coming back. I was just thinking um, what a – a beast she was maybe it's because i think she's um been working at the bats a little bit this summer and i noticed her because she was launching those balls into the stands and i st- i literally stood up i said who is that and <laughs> i asked the guy next to me uh, He said um uh, well i think she does play a U of L." yada yada i said that's taylor Roby," and uh, i had to get a camera to zoom in to confirm um but uh I was thinking about Taylor before that announcement came back. And I think she brings not only the, the pitching and her hitting back to this team, but she's in a leadership position. She, she will bring a, some stability to a team that um, did struggle last year. And she's a local, so she, she gets it and um, wants to exercise that last year option. And I'm really excited for that. If like you said, bringing in new pitchers and even if she does spend more time on the the bench when she gets relieved, I mean, I'm sure that's a good thing because I'm sure she's carried a lot of weight for this team in recent years. And she will bring that leadership to uh, a team that needs to improve um another thing was I had a, a Facebook memory pop up saying that we announced Holly April four years ago so now we're in uh, you know the the meat and bones of Holly's coaching career and I'm sure that she would love to give Taylor a little more break uh a few more breaks to to focus on hitting more and or um not have to start in the circle two out of three games in a series so Um, I'm sure all around that is the goal, and um, hopefully it works out better. I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, next season. Got a long time, though.
0: Let's not forget about that bat she had as well, because she could smack it a ways.
1: Can't. She hits bombs.
0: And so uh, we'll hopefully see a good season out of her and, and have a great season.
1: And a healthy one.
0: And a healthy one, yes, absolutely. More than anything, a healthy one. Yep. where there aren't the shoulder problems where there aren't you know anything going on with her having to rest the arm because of overwork or stuff uh, uh the last thing i think we'll get in today is a little bit is about the the going back to women's basketball we found that the marissa russell can play <laughs> and play quite well who knew uh, as a canadian <laughs> more or less uh we, we knew that she'd made a canadian team we knew that, uh, that she was going to be a bit of a factor in there Anytime you play on the same team with Aaliyah Edwards of, of UConn, you're obviously going to take a step back, maybe. That's a pretty good ball player up there in the Gino's realm. But, hey, Marissa didn't embarrass herself at all, did she, Jared?
2: No, she uh, held her own extremely well and performed well. And I think we all knew that Marissa Russell had quite a bit of talent. We just haven't gotten to see much of her on the court with playing time at UofL. Uh, and I think it's going to be a tricky situation for her this coming season as she is a great player, great guard, uh, but she's kind of stuck in a weird position where she's playing behind several other key players such as Haley Van Lith and Mikasa Robinson. We were seeing where uh, Peyton Verholtz, where they were kind of treating her as like a guard forward combo anyways, was playing a lot. Uh, Narika Kono was getting a lot of playing time in there before her. So it's very difficult for Marissa Russell, who's having to play from behind right now in terms of her playing time at UofL, although she could be a starter on several different Division One programs right now.
0: I kind of saw her as transferring at the end of the season. But she didn't. She's also a Haley Vellis roommate. I was going to
1: say I love how big of fans these girls are of each other because yeah. you've got Haley sharing – Uh, marissa's content to her hundreds of thousands of followers um and then dana evans is doing it too Dana evans graduated years ago and yet she's still sharing the content and and coach walls is also really good about making sure these girls feel um the support even in in the off season
0: does she inch her way up there a little bit daryl is she maybe now first off the bench or second off the bench instead of uh being relegated to final minutes and blowouts
1: I think so. I think her and Olivia could, could do um, some rotations. I, I could see Marissa with like glimpses of um, Bianca Dunham uh, back in the day. So back in the day, like that was 10 years ago, um, <laughs> but uh, she, she needs to find her, her, um, her niche and, and be that for the squad. Cause I don't, I really don't think she will go somewhere else. I think she likes the culture here. And um, Coach Walls has said that he brings in girls that mesh well with the rest of the team. And um, that that camaraderie and, and team uh, mindset is probably, it's hard to leave. I really do think it'd probably be hard to leave.
0: We'll certainly be watching to see what she can do, Jeff. Uh, I know one think she can sink a three-pointer, and there's certainly nothing wrong with that on a Cardinal roster, is there?
3: Yeah, and it's pretty nice to have uh, somebody who's got some height that then can go after you know to beyond the three-point arc and cause some troubles in that scout, uh, scouting report. So someone uh, who can
0: walk our our keys,
3: right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it causes problems for the other team when you have somebody that you can't that's you know got the height that you have to be able to guard them carefully. Um, in inside, but then they can also step out and you can't lag off of them. You have to stay up close on them and they outside because they're gonna you know, they're just gonna hoist one up on you. So that's that becomes a challenge for the opposing team. So it's great to see it, it really like you know, like I said, change the scouting report.
0: I look forward to this roster and to see what they can do. But we are we are like a minute away from the witching hour of noon here. For the Cardinal Couple broadcast, so let's go ahead and roll into our final thoughts. We'll let Daryl's got a, a tea time coming up here, where she's going to lose balls in woods over in Southern Indiana. So, we'll <laughs> let you go ahead and start out, Daryl, with your final thoughts.
1: Um, just piggybacking off of our last topic, I think maybe Marissa Russell could be a breakout star for the winter sports. So, um, here's to her building her game, getting some, getting stronger, and able to get under the basket and and fight the Aliyah bostons and ryan howards of the world
0: absolutely on those ryan howards as well <laughs> let's fight them all we can <laughs> jared what you got for me uh not much other than just uh impatiently waiting for
2: the fall sports to start up i'm eager to get back out there at some of the, the games and take pictures
0: certainly will be a fun time ahead for us on that uh, Jeff, what you got rolling for me here?
3: Yeah, uh, you know, it's uh, like, like you all, uh, you all got me excited for volleyball, but that's not hard to do. Uh, and But, you know, trying to, to tie tied it over until then with uh, NWSL and WNBA. Uh, racing had a good game last night uh, between them, between Racing Louisville and uh, San Diego, the San Diego Waves. I think that's what their name is. Like they had like 97 shots on goal or something, and but nothing went in and it ended up zero-zero draw. But uh, it was a, it was an interesting game. So, uh, you know, a lot of fun to watch there.
0: Indeed it was. And uh, uh, my final thoughts, uh, another shout out to somebody we've talked about in past weeks. That would be our own Gabriella Leon, the pole vaulting specialist for the University of Louisville track and field team. She's moved on to Sunday events. Pole Vault Finals. So keep jumping, Gabby, Leon. I love the way that you do it and you're certainly bringing the university a lot of recognition for what you're doing. So uh, plant that pole and soar, girl. That's all we can tell you. D- that we'll kind of round it up here for today's show. I want to thank everybody for listening. You can listen to the re-broadcast, and I want to just kind of talk about that briefly. We are sorry if anybody experienced any problems with listening to past broadcasts, Uh, we found out that the links that we were providing were incorrect. But, the case says it's fixed, so hopefully you'll be able to do that and listen to those. I was wondering why the numbers were kind of low on those. Well, it's because nobody could hear them. That's usually a good reason. But we've got those fixed now, so I certainly appreciate y'all listening. And uh, we'll see you next week unless you know something I don't. Everybody have a great weekend.
2: Thanks for listening to the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to give us a rating or review and subscribe to the show in your podcast player of choice. We're available on all of the major podcast players. And be sure to check out the site at cardinalcouple.com for the daily column bringing you the joy and excitement of mobile women's athletics.